Welcome to this presentation presented by Global Voice Network. This is a roundtable discussion featuring a rotating panel of guests with decades of experience researching and uncovering truth. We just get together and chit-chat and chew the fat. And now, you're invited. I'm your host, Paul Beener. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the Think Tank. Hi, welcome to this episode of the Think Tank on Logical Thinking on bbsradio.com. I'm Paul Wiener, your host, and uh, today I am pleased to have special guests, Roger Sales and the, uh, the voice of the youth. <laughs> with us as Presley. And what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be talking about state nationals. We're going to talk about the difference between nationals and God-given right-holding, uh, possessing and exercising state nationals and the 14th Amendment citizen who only have privileges. Did you know that the only the only right you have under the 14th Amendment is the right to dwell on the land? That's it. Um. Who knew? It uh, it opens up all kinds of cans of worms. The right to travel? Nope. Nah, don't have it. Uh, First Amendment, Second Amendment protection? Nope. Uh-uh. Don't have it. It's not guaranteed. But, of course, they didn't tell you that. And that's why we're here to tell you that. Hi, Roger. How you doing? Paul, what a wonderful introduction and a nice setting and program. And, uh, yes, what we're here to try and help people do is to differentiate the things that have been intentionally in some instances and just by generality usage in others gotten confused in their minds. Okay. Uh, rights versus privileges is one. Uh, the 14th Amendment is a perfect example because let's use this little bit of specificity. I've come to the conclusion many years ago for the audience that isn't familiar with me we've been researching this for 30 years i stood on the shoulders of two other gentlemen who between all three of us have got more than 100 probably closer to 110 plus years of research into the conclusions that we will simplify and try and get across to you tonight to show you what's going on okay well, early on in early on in the program, I want to touch on something really quickly. Now, now you're not the only cookie in the jar. No, no. You are certainly the tastiest because there's a lot of state, national, sovereign, this, that, and the other thing movements out there, and uh, a lot of them are difficult. There, uh, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. Uh, some of them are really, really expensive. I mean, there's guys that are charging upwards of a hundred thousand dollars just to like unwind people from the system. Mm. You know, a hundred thousand dollars because they do each step, each stage individually. Uh, they, first, they, they rescind the, the voter registration and then they undo the, the licensing, which isn't needed, which isn't needed. See, exactly. So they're doing a bunch of stuff that isn't necessary. So right. now right. we're not speaking ill of any of those other programs. We're not judging anybody. We're just simply presenting this program here today. Now, because we may talk about something that, that may be construed as a legal issue or a lawful issue, uh, this program is not intended to treat, diagnose, prevent, or cure any disease, and it's not to be accepted as medical 
legal or professional advice. This is for entertainment purposes only, and it is strongly suggested that you do your own due diligence and your own research before acting on any information presented here. However, I do think that you're going to see the wisdom in it. Uh, let's say hi to Presley for just a second. Presley, you are a national already, right? Yes, I am. Okay. And, uh, you know, what did, what did it take about 20, 30 years of life to figure out that, uh, that the system was stacked against you or uh, how old are you? I'm 18 years old. Um, I, I realized how messed up the system is, um, probably when I was around 12 years old, but I didn't have this way out until the beginning of this year. And, uh, okay. Now, so you're just barely out of high school. What, what, you, what is the, is the robe still wrinkled in the closet or what? Well, I would be, um, I would be in my senior year of high school right now, but I actually graduated about three years ago. 15. Yeah. You graduated at 15. Yeah. Um, I really couldn't put up with school. I had to get out of there. Well, okay. Well then I'm in really good company because I graduated six months early too. <laughs> Uh, I went to religious high schools and uh, I always blew off religion class because, you know, I was a kid. I, I was a punk. I knew everything. I wasn't interested in it. You know, what am I going to do? Am I going to go into the clergy or whatever? No, I don't think so. I don't need to do this. And then about six months before graduation day, I come to find out that uh, the religion class equaled an English credit and I didn't have enough to graduate. So I said, well, Thank you very much. It's been nice knowing you. I cleaned out my locker. I got in my car and I went and sat down and wrote the GED exam. And I graduated like that. So uh, my hat's off to you. You actually you know, went through, you did the work, you got the credits, you did the classes, you, you knuckled down, uh, you kicked butt. I cheated. You kicked Oh, no, no, no. I, 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 you're giving me too much credit. I also um, took a test to get out early. I okay. I was having um I I mean I was always very good in school I just had no patience for it I didn't find any of the information important I took essentially the um, minors version of the GED Okay Well you know they're in the schools they teach to the bottom dwellers as you know as a teacher for 10 years and by necessity many times they're they have to teach to the bottom dwellers and it leaves people like you out on a limb and without letting you out and look at what you've accomplished. So uh, more power to you, Presley. Yeah. Thank you. It, it just shocked me that they, they still teach to the bottom dwellers in all the honors classes. It's, it's not really teaching. I don't believe that's what teaching is. It's no, just uh, forcing memorization. Yeah. It, it's, it's conditioning. It's Pavlovian yeah, conditioning. You know, uh, uh, along the way for me, one of the people that I was really, really honored to get to have looked back on and tell you this story was a guy named Brigadier General Benton Parton. Uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. He was a great American, okay? And he was an Air Force Brigadier General, and he was the one that blew the whistle on Oklahoma City. And uh, he, he, he was a very important man in the Air Force for many years, and he was an ardent student of communism. And I got to spend some private time with him one-on-one -on -one and, and saw him speak and heard him speak several times. And that guy right there had it nailed. And this is what he said. One of the things he said, when we were studying fraud, they were studying Pavlov. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to, you've heard the question. 
why won't the American people do anything, right? Well, this is a story he told me. So that's, this is the source. But I've told the story a number of times on the air, and people have gone to look for it, and they can't find this. It's been scrubbed. But this was the source, was Brigadier General Benton Parton, okay? And ardent student of communism. And he said Pavlov's experiments that everyone is familiar with, the ringing of the bell and the salivating of the dog, you know, you know about this, Presley, yeah. obviously. Yeah. OK, well, that was stage one of the conditioned response experiment. But there were three stages. And in the second stage, they took the same dog in the same room and they conditioned him to turning on the light and they would beat him with a stick. And the, he could escape the beatings because there was a board in the corner. It was parallel to the floor, and he could get up under there, and they couldn't beat him. But otherwise than that, they conditioned him to the turning on of the light and the beating of the stick. In the third stage of the experiment, they kept the same dog in the same room, and they rang the bell and turned on the light simultaneously. What do you think the dog did? Um. Yes, run away and salivate. Paul? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with <laughs> I'm going to go with Presley's uh, impression. Stood in the middle of the room and shook. Psychologists call it a catatonic state. Oh, the more you increase the conditions, the deeper the conditioning takes effect. So you wonder why Americans aren't doing anything? There's your answer. I, I believe. So, so what they've got is conflicting uh, programming that uh, that there's no way to rationalize how they would work together. So everybody just stands in the middle of the corner shaking you, and pissing you, at themselves. You, you get mixed messages. You don't know what to do. Yeah, that it's. I've seen this often in um in myself and in other people that it's like different parts of our, of our mind, of our ego, just fight with themselves. And we're stuck in paralysis because one yep. part wants something and one part wants something else. And maybe you don't really either really want either of those parts. You've just been taught to want both of those things. Well, you know, maybe that leads perfectly into what we're here to talk about, which is a, a teaser. I don't know if the listeners that see this have any exposure to us or this message or anything else, but I would like to think I've been involved in this for 30 years personally, and I would like to think we've got the ultimate answer. As uh, one of my really good students, Daryl, who Presley's heard, I guess, I don't know if Paul heard Daryl call in. He hadn't called in lately, and uh, but he called in one day, and he said, uh, a Gordian knot has to be untied the way it was tied. And I believe that's what we've done, okay? The other people that, Paul, you were alluding to earlier about com complexity and cost and all the other factors of the other people that are trying to approach this Gordian knot, if you will, okay, they don't know how to untie it. And the major reason they don't, and the advantage I've had, is my teacher, John W. Benson, our law teacher. He studied law his entire life, adult life, just because he liked it. And he studied the old law and not like going through one of our law schools. So the enemies, after they've taken control of the Federal Reserve, has started changing everything in our society. And one of the early things they did was get a hold of the organization that controls American law schools, the American Association of Colleges and Law Schools. And I can prove to you that they had total control of that organization in 1933. 
okay? Because they could move the convention to Chicago on New Year's Eve so that the keynote speaker could give a very indicting speech and expose it to people that were there, but nobody showed up. That's the only time they've ever done that, I guarantee you. So anyway, they've had control of this, and the guy that taught me this stuff knew the old law, and he knew the things that they've been striving to cover up so that people couldn't figure this out. And the advantage I have is I know it's the feudal system. I know the system we're fighting. I know the system they've set up. And the other people, I won't drop any names, but you guys, if you've been in this, you've come probably come into contact with other people. And it's not that they're not totally wrong. It's just that they do a lot of unnecessary stuff and make it complex because they don't really understand the enemy they're fighting. They think they're playing constitutional law and they're playing feudalism and the feudal system and they're playing merchant law, Babylonian merchant code. We call it the UCC. And when you're playing like that, here's the analogy. See, we just got finished with basketball season, right? So the feds contacted us, and they challenged us to a game, win or take all. Us being the way we are, we said, okay, bring it on. We go out and practice. We get good, and the day of the game comes, and we're out there on the court in our little Nikes and our shorts, and we're out there doing layups and shooting three-point shots, and everyone gets nothing but net. Swish, swish, swish. And all of a sudden, here comes the feds. And they're coming out, but they don't have Nikes on. They got these Adidas shoes on with these long metal things on the bottom of them. And they got all these pads and they got sticks and they're throwing this little thing around at 120 miles an hour. That's hard as steel. Who do you think's going to win that game? The cheaters. Okay. And that's what's been happening. We've been trying to play common law and they've been playing merchant law and we hadn't had access to the common law. And they don't know they're playing feudalism, where if you understand who we're playing and what the structure is, the answer and the remedies right there. That's why this is so easy, Paul. That's why this is so different from everybody else's approach, because this is easy to do. It doesn't cost anything. Nobody's charging you. You can do it from the privacy of your own home. Okay, and the more people that do it, we band together and we get stronger with all the people that participate. If you want to participate and change your status, it's up to you. Okay, nobody's going to tell you to do it. Everything's got to be voluntary. But as Presley learned, you have the ability to change over to the original status that the country was founded on, where you really had not civil rights or, as they're erroneously referred to now, constitutional rights. Because the only rights that the Constitution gives you are the civil rights of the 14th Amendment. The other rights are God-given rights with constitutional protections, and that's what's in the Declaration of Independence, and that's what we got to get back to, and we can help you do that should you want to. And constitutional privileges can be withdrawn or revoked at any time. That's correct. They're a small R right for a reason is because they're really privileges. If you go back to the Declaration, for instance, the words that are capitalized in there, and this capitalization matters because one of them is God. The other one's rights. The other one's duties. The other one's citizen, okay? So, uh, and there might be one or two others, but those are the main ones I remember. But, yeah, these, you know, as, as Rush Limbaugh used to say, words mean things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great quote in my book, by the way, from Confucius. As we were putting it together, somebody found it. I'd never seen it. It says, when words lose their meaning, men lose their liberty. 
Wow. Okay. So I, we kind of put this together with Presley and I'm feel like I'm hogging this and I don't want to, because <laughs> what we want to do is really, we brought Presley on here because we just love him to death because he's such an exceptional, exceptional young man. And what I found over many years, and I've been doing this a long time. Okay. In one way, shape or form or another, almost 30 years. All right. And so I've seen most of the time, it's the older people that have a little life under their belt and they've got a, enough to really be able to notice the changes and the stark reality of what's going on or else somehow they got their ox gored. You know, their wife divorced them. They got thrown into some kind of bankruptcy thing. They got IRS problems. They got some kind of traffic ticket. Who knows what the problem was, but there's something that made them start asking questions. But up until then, everything was fine. See, but now we've got this young man that comes on the show one day here a few months ago. And I go from listening to him talk and ask some questions. I said, Presley, first of all, what's your name? Presley. I've music business experience. So press the name Presley has got special significance to me. Okay. I said, how old are you? He goes 18 years old. I mean, I almost fell out. Okay. Here, uh, it's always the older people, but what we're seeing is a younger generation. They got more at stake with this than we do. You know, we've lived the good life. We've seen the best years of America had to offer at least up to this point. And, and we see what's happening. These kids, they want that, and they see it deteriorating in front of their face. Isn't that right, Presley? Pretty much. Absolutely, absolutely. I've, you know, I've, I'm very optimistic, but I, I've been optimistic for the far future of this country, for the immediate future, the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Even I was quite apathetic, and this has definitely changed that. Well, good. You know what? I, I get comments. I got, I got this afternoon or this evening on something. And because a lot of people have responded, I was recently on Sarah Westall, uh, did a three part, three part show. We did an interview and the, the response from that, including meeting Paul here has just been phenomenal for me. Okay. And the, the comment that I don't get overwhelmingly, but I certainly get it enough where you recognize it is thank you. I've finally got some hope. And that's exactly what you're saying, Presley. And I can totally understand you and your generation's situation. And you're just so exceptional to have seen this at your age, be in the situation that you are, and to uh, already be out there actively doing things that can make a difference with less than 120 days under your belt. Yeah, I yeah mean, that, that's amazing. I, I honestly hope does not hope doesn't cut it. I'm, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> well uh yeah because you know what I, I i've been saying for a long time these guys have already lost okay yeah that won't become obvious to people for a while we got a few 40 as Dwayne eddie used to say you probably don't know this song but i'll bet paul does 40 miles of bad road this is a guitar player from the 50s remember that oh, well okay no i was i was in i was the 60s 60 okay all right well that's an old 50 song a lot of people would recognize and that's what we got in front of us maybe maybe longer than 40 miles and it may be worse than bad uh and we're going to lose a lot of fellow human beings i'm afraid but that's why this information is so important because these guys are going to fall on their own petard they've already lost okay but we're the ones that are going to have to rebuild 
And mm -hmm. you got to understand these principles on how this was done to us, where the loopholes were, how they managed to wiggle around it, who these people really are. The fact you never can trust them or really even have as little to do with them as possible is the only way to rid yourself of their deceitful, conniving, uh, uh, devil ways. I, I don't know. I mean, I could string ad ten of uh, uh, ten adjectives right there. You know, lying, murdering, thieving, slaving, whoring. Uh, you know, all of it. Okay, that's who we're dealing with, and you can't trust them. Right. So, okay, how did they? <clears throat> like, kind of in a nutshell, we can we can drill down into it uh, deeper a little bit later. But how did they go about positioning themselves to actually? turn the screws to us because we haven't had it too seriously bad until the last 10 or 20 years well, it's it been, seems like they have really ramped up their attacks they have they have and because they wanted to hit this thing at different times they wanted to hit it in the year 2000 see and they keep getting delayed here's what happens this was i've the best i've come to conclude this was probably cooked up the Illuminati was founded, we just celebrated their birthday, or commemorated is probably a better word, on May the 1st of this year. That's the Illuminati's birthday in 1776. Obviously, this plan was part of it. Now, how deep they got into it and the development of it, we don't know and never will. But by the time you got to the early 1800s, you had the 13th Amendment passed, the original one, that they got scrubbed out to institute to replace it with this new one, okay, which we can talk about in more depth at another time. But here's the key things. In the 1830s is when Andrew Jackson shut down the Second Bank of the United States. Okay, and if you're not familiar with that story, the bankers got to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court overturned Jackson and voted in favor of the Second National Bank. Did you know that, Paul? No, I didn't know that. So you're okay. saying the Supreme well, Court was crooked way back then? Well, yeah. And, and when here's what Jackson said. Let them enforce it. Okay? So I figured this plan was really about the same time the Rothschilds in 1837 set up Reform Judaism. And that's the mechanism that they're using to do this today. Okay? And so then you look a little bit longer, and you got where they found Cyrus Schofield. And the whole history of the Schofield Bible with what we call dispensationalism today and neutering the clergy. Because it was the clergy that was the main part of the revolution in 1776. Well, that was neutered, and that went back to the middle of the 1800s. So these roots go way deep, okay? And I think I could sit down, and if you spend enough time with my material, I can show you between the 13th and the 14th Amendment coupled together where that I believe and the conclusion I've drawn personally is the reason that the Civil War was fought was to get those amendments in the Constitution so they could use the black man to enslave the white man and everybody else, which is exactly what's happened. Okay. Well, one of the favorite topics of this, and I've, I have to say I was incorrect uh, on this one point, but one of the favorite topics of this and, and the, the actual uh, beginning of a person's slavery, um, people are saying that it has to do with the birth certificate. And then once the birth certificate is filed and it, or it's signed and then it's filed and then a death certificate is filed 30 days later and then there's 15 days or whatever to, um, yeah, 
<laughs> right. Exactly. So there, there's all this stuff around the, the, okay. the birth certificate and the trust mm-hmm. and everything else. Right. And, and they're right. saying, that's where we lost our, that's where we that's, lost our stuff. Can we address that with the current news stories? Um, well, okay. Last fall in England, mom has baby. Hospitals testing all new babies for COVID with that long thing they stick up their nose. Baby squalling like hell. Mom objects. The nurse turns to mom and says, you can't object. This baby's our property. That baby have a birth certificate yet? Uh, no. No, that baby okay. did not have a Okay. Recently, within the last couple of months, uh, yeah, you got the story there. It's on the website. That's right. Thank you, Paul. Uh, recently, we don't have a story for this, but I did hear about it. Um, and you might have, too, a situation in Idaho with a baby named Baby Cyrus that was taken away by 15 police uh, officers ambushing the mother and uh, throwing her in jail and taking the baby and throwing it into CPS care and an absolute total 100% nightmare. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, there was a hearing, an administrative hearing, and the CPS judge said in open court, baby Cyrus is the property of the state of Idaho. It wasn't created by a birth certificate, but I will tell you this. You're on the right track. A birth certificate represents the fact that you're in the condition, and then they utilize that as a commercial document called a warehouse receipt. And the warehouse receipt, now the paper represents the good it represents so now the paper is the birth certificate it's doubling as a warehouse receipt and that's what's tied to the u.s bonds and as collateral and then your future labor is extracted through the irs and a third of what the irs collects goes to debt repayment in other words it pays the coupon payments to the bondholders so there's not a penny of your income tax goes to the day-to-day running of the federal government, and that comes from a presidential commission in the 80s called the Grace Commission that was commissioned by Ronald Reagan. That was a statement in there. Not one nickel of your income tax goes to the day-to-day running of the federal government. Well, if none of your income tax goes to the running of the federal government, how do they fund it? Through uh, black projects? and you know, they friend, no, through, and no, 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 through, through the bond market. See, the bond market's 10 times bigger than the stock market, okay? And that's what they're out there doing, selling all these bond issues. That's the money that finances the country, imposts and excises legitimate taxes. You know, those help. Uh, The other taxes, we could do a whole show on taxes because people don't usually understand it. But there's two types of taxes, indirect and direct. Income tax is direct tax. Much of the other funding comes from indirect taxes like your gasoline tax, tax on food, you know, whatever that they're gaining it. But there's differences in those two. And uh, this isn't the time to get into that. There's just, if you want to, we'd do a show on it though. Cause it's very interesting, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I think it, I think it's valuable to have the backstory of how this came about and what exactly was the vehicle that actually uh, put somebody under the, auspices of the 14th amendment okay they 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 usually do things in stages okay because they can't do a big drastic change they have to implement it slowly so what they did was they set up the civil war to get the 13th and the 14th amendment into the constitution and with the 14th amendment they set up (laughs) excuse me they set up a federal citizenship 
Now, that's important to understand because up to that point, there was no federal citizenship. And the only citizenship in the country was if you were a state citizen. And then you were a citizen of the United States of America. But there was no federal citizenship. And so the people that were born and raised in D.C. and the territories they couldn't do anything. They weren't even part of the country because they weren't state citizens because it was a territory. So that is the loophole that they drove this first, first setup part of this, Paul, where they established the condition there. And that was mostly applied to blacks. And that, that's where, of course, you get your civil rights. Okay. You were talking about those earlier. Civil rights are the rights that you have among the other people in the society. Okay. And in this instance, there's under rights, there's two subheadings. One is civil rights, your rights with the other people, and the other is political rights, the right to run for office, the right to vote, and all that stuff. But the 14th Amendment didn't give you political rights. It just gave you civil rights. That's why they call voting a franchise, because they had to give you these because you weren't given them under the 14th Amendment so that you could participate in the political theater that goes on up there and make you think that you're having an effect. And, and really, it is just theater. It's theater. Your vote, your vote doesn't count, because okay. if they were interested in what you had to say, they would not have stripped you of your how rights. About, how about how about this one? If voting matters, they wouldn't let you do it. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> okay. Eloquently, eloquently put. Short and sweet. Okay. So yes. anyway, that was the setup. And then that went along for a lot of years. And what people, if you're not familiar with this history, I'd like to think everybody has some familiarity with it, that you may recognize it from the term, the Jim Crow laws, because that's when we had the separate white and black facilities and separate white and black cultures, but they both had a political status. One was a state citizen, and the other was a federal citizen, okay? So that was the difference, and so they set this up parallel to the white citizenship, and then they switched us all over to it. It's a bait and switch, man, is all it is, okay? A lot of their stuff is so simple, but you got to go in and understand it to understand the simplicity and may I dare say the brilliance of it. Okay. So the way they switched us all over to it was by getting control of the Federal Reserve Act and bankrupting the country. And in this quote unquote hypothecated bankruptcy, now they've got, well, we've got these people that have this status that's like a slave, a feudal slave. We'll just bring them in and they'll be the sureties for the debt. And that's when they switched the system on March the 9th of 1933. Now, if you don't believe that, or you don't remember being hearing about this, it wasn't really well publicized. What was publicized were the effects of it. And the effects of it was Roosevelt seized all the gold. That's what people will remember. That was officially the bankruptcy of the United States. After the goal was seized, they opened up and everybody used paper. Remember, there was a bank holiday for five days. And when everything opened back up, we had this paper with this pyramid and a triangle on the back mm -hmm. with Novus Orum Seclurum on it called the Great Seal. And now we're all using the paper that underneath what we didn't understand is as the system changed, we're the collateral for by by collateralizing our future labor to be collected through a tax mechanism. I mean, that's what's going on here, okay? 
Yeah, it, it's all about thing that that uh, that pyramid says in Latin, a new order for the ages. Yeah, that's 1776, which is also the um, date of the founding of the organization that used the pyramid. Yes. And then that, of course, was the founding date of our country. So there's another dialectic. This whole thing, that's a fancy college Ivy League word for opposites. OK, everything with these people is always set at 180 degrees opposite the truth. You see it more even prevalent today. So for anybody that is confused and you get on one of these issues, you always know where to look for the answer. It's 180 degrees in the opposite direction of what you're reading or being told. And it's there every time you ever look. Just just any any question you have, just Google it and take the opposite of every single hit on the first page. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Nice. I mean, this is just, you know, this is analyzing their system. We could get into a whole nother program on where that came from, by the way, is incredibly interesting, the roots of this stuff. But uh, I want to I want to hear more and I want the audience to hear more from Presley, because one of the reasons we've got him on here is that so you few folks that are older and, and you're maybe just seeing this information for the first time. Well, there's hope here. OK. Because you can change and get out from under this crap, and you can do what the Bible commands us to do in Revelation 18, which is come out of her. Okay, you you can come out of her politically. They can't do a darn thing about it, and they won't. And I've been helping people do this for 11 years, and there's never been one negative incident that's ever been reported to me by anybody that's ever done it. And I think millions of people have done this. But I want you to have the double the double edge hope with Presley here, this young, super impressive 18-year-old that has taken this message and at his age gone out with initiative and wherewithal and done some amazing things. This this young man that hadn't even been exposed to this for more than 120 days, I don't think. Well, yeah, I, I originally heard about this in January um, when I took John Kassarab's class. Um, and I... I really didn't have my head completely wrapped around it. So I took it again in March. And um, right after that, I came onto your show for the first time and you helped clarify a lot of the places I was stuck on. Yeah. And that's what we have a daily radio show and we can get people on there, multiple people to ask questions. It's really mainly for newer people because what they've done here is very simple, but how they've done it is extremely complex. And some people never can get their arms around it quite frankly. Yeah, I've there's um, two people that are close to me that have honestly probably gone over this information at least six or seven times and still don't fully understand it. Well, it's not even that they don't understand it. It's that it doesn't take with them. It doesn't seem to make any difference. And there are people that react that way. Okay. And I realize this is for a relatively small pe- a percentage. I think it's getting more. I think there are more people out there looking for the answer right now, uh, actively, instead of me trying to have to beat them over the head with it, which is what I was doing for many years, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, I do know that it conforms right into biblical, uh, and, and this is a way to remove yourself. And what you're doing for the people that are new to this, I'll just give you a nutshell with a very simple process, incredibly inexpensive cost of a postage stamp. And if a notary charges you, you don't even have to have that is you can literally regain your God given rights and constitutional protections with a very short one sentence affidavit with a cover letter to the secretary of state. And you literally remove yourself from the jurisdiction of the federal government with the exception 
of two very obscure sections of the Internal Revenue Code, which deal with taxes that I doubt anybody in our group will ever owe. Okay, And if you owe them, pay them. All right, because they're constitutional. But those are the only two sections out of all the administrative states, more than 500 agencies that have anything to do with you after you file this paperwork. And I know you may find that hard to believe, but in my experience, 11 years now, they recognize this. We've got people driving on nothing but a passport card on cars that don't have state plates on it, but have private plates. They get pulled over. They look at all their stuff and they go, well, have a nice day. Be careful. Okay. So this is happening. It is real, even though you may find it hard to believe. These guys, what I've come to understand over all these years and dealing with them for so long is that it's nothing but the Wizard of Oz. You've got the old shriveled up guy behind the curtain, and we're like the little Carn Terrier Toto that comes and grabs the curtain and pulls it back to expose him. They got no power except the power you give them through this fraud. They've gone so long and so intricately set up so that they can ask you two questions. Are you a citizen of the United States? Are you a resident? How many times have you been asked those questions throughout your life? What did you always answer? And you always had to sign something. So what they're really asking you is, with the first one, are you okay with the fraud we committed in March the 9th of 33 when we switched the systems and put your relatives in as a surety? You say yes, answer and sign it. The second one is, do you give us the consent to govern you in this status? And you said yes, and you signed it. The power they've got is the power they've derived from tricking you to answer those questions yes and not knowing how to get out of it, not even knowing what it is, not even knowing what it is, really. And not knowing exactly what you're, what the implications of the questions are. The two yep. questions are, are you a resident and are you a United States citizen? Well, anybody that looks at those questions is going to think, well, of course I'm a citizen. I was born yep. here. So they, yep. yes. And then yep. uh, are you a resident? Well, I'm not filling out this form from my from my from my host from Eastern Europe here. It is check. So you know, I mean the title of my book is From Sovereign to Serve. The real title that was added at the last minute because there was a conflict. The real title was Government by the Treachery and Deception of Words. And that's what we've got right here. These words, and they're using your subconscious and planning in an opposite definition in your subconscious mind. Your subconscious and your conscious, because your consciousness is aware that's not the right definition, but now your consciousness and subconscious are not working together, and it disempowers you. There's a great biblical verse in the New Testament, James 1.8, and it says a double-minded man is uncertain in all of his ways, not part of his ways, not some of his ways, all of his ways. And this is how they've made you double-minded. So we automatically know where the answers are, 180 degrees. Now, if you want to unwind your, your insanity, if you're looking for some sanity, you go back to these keywords, money, 
citizen of the United States, resident. There's a bunch of them, okay? And every time you get to one of these words that's important that they've tied an opposite definition to, you go in in your subconscious and replace it with the correct definition. Now, every time you do that, you get a little slice of consciousness back, and your subconscious and your consciousness are now working together. And as Bruce Lipton, the famous researcher, said, when that happens, it is empowering. And that's what happens to people when you move back under your common law rights and your creator connected God given rights. And you will, but many of you, I can't say everybody because it depends on you to some extent, but you will become re empowered. Just like you're already seeing with Presley. Presley hadn't even been doing this very long. Okay. And I can already tell the empowerment of him at 18 years old. Mm hmm. The oh, principles of divide and conquer have been used on the individual level here. And healing that division and being really clear in what your real status is, not the status you've been tricked into agreeing into, is incredibly empowering. It's, it's freeing. And you, it, it will become more empowering as you go forward. Okay. Because, and this is why your freedom is not in filing a piece of paper. Your freedom is in learning the information, and that's the rich, rich sod that your re-empowerment plant and tree is going to grow out of, okay? If you don't have that information in there and you can't defend your position, you really don't have anything because nothing in life changes. In other words, your day-to-day -day life is not going to change after you file this paperwork. The change has got to be within you, and the way the change is set up and happens is within learning this information and you helping the information start the re-empowerment process. And at some point, the creator kicks in there and helps. It re-empowers you to take control of your life again. It does, because right. now you're personally responsible. You don't have the sugar tit of the state, you know? Okay, so the 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 issue is is when you are born you are born to slaves you were born as Correct. long as your parents are 14th amendment citizens citizens of the united states uh, a slave they are slaves and a slave cannot own property let's do for the people that are new to this let's differentiate and call it the english variety of slavery because when you say slave, they automatically think black slavery. And although that could have been a part of it, the one we're talking about is voluntary servitude. And that word voluntary is the key because they've got you in this condition because if they tell you what your status is, they're open tyrants. That's why they've gone to all this trouble and time to turn everything backwards so they can ask you those questions. And you can say, oh, well, Paul volunteered. He agreed with everything every time we ever ask him. So you consented all we can. And the, well, they have to recognize this. Take away your consent. You can. It's a voluntary system. They know it. They're the ones that set the system up. And now they got to recognize it or take the mask off and be open tyrants. That's the checkmate position. This one sentence and one piece of paper, believe it or not, can put these monsters in. It's powerful, so, man. This is so, Excalibur. This is the Excalibur. If you don't know what Excalibur is, that's the, the sword that King Arthur pulled out of the stone that nobody else could. This is Excalibur. So, so what happens is when a child is born, when a baby is born,
And it doesn't matter if it's born in a hospital or not. If it's born to uh, parents that are under voluntary servitude under the 14th Amendment, that child doesn't belong to the parents. That child automatically belongs to the state. Yep. Yep. On a hypothecated bankruptcy. And that is how the CPS can walk in and carry your child out and there isn't a damn thing you can do about it. And that's one thing because of this baby Cyrus situation, it caused me to rethink that. And we used to just tell people that had children, minor children, well, you know, not to mess with it. But if the parents switched to nationals and they didn't switch the child as their parents, then CPS could feasibly come in and do that. I don't know if they ever would. Okay. But that's a possibility. So we're at least putting that in front of parents now. And, uh, somebody's come up with an affidavit as a guardian, parent and guardian and, uh, filing those and suggested people at least think about it. And that automatically puts the child as a national. Yes. And out of their jurisdiction. Correct. Okay. So, so how does, how does that like, there's horror stories, you know, you don't want to mess with that, that national citizen thing or whatever, because, you know, you've paid into Social Security all your life. You've had a Social Security card and you file this paperwork and you're not going to get nothing. From Mate, that's, that's misinformation. I filed and opened my Social Security account 11 years ago with my affidavit, which I've been sticking in federal federal agencies faces since 2007. Actually, before that, we filed with the IRS, but they're not technically a federal agency. If you don't know that, they're foreign. Okay. Okay. But, so there's no hook between no the Fourteenth Amendment no. citizenship and the Social no. Security. Let me let me let's let's approach this from the audience's standpoint. If you're new to this, especially if you're in front of your computer, I'm going to give you a website and a document to go to, and I'm going to read you some verbiage out of there. Paul, you could probably drag this up. You got it somewhere. Uh, the the website is travel.state.gov. Travel dot state dot gov and once you've got that state department website up in the search field you want to put in certificate of non-citizen nationality i'll repeat it i know there's a lot of letters there certificate of non-citizen nationality a number of options will pop up just pick the first one and that is a policy statement, a statement and document from the State Department dealing with the dealing with the head fake that they're giving us because they're trying to hide this thing. Remember, I said it was done very a lot of complexity Well, this part of it. OK, and they've got another third political status called a non-citizen national, but that's only for American Samoans and a little bitty island called Swain's Island. And those have all the rights that a state citizen would have, God-given rights, except they can't be 14th Amendment citizens, and we are both. So they call them non-citizen national. Now, that's who this policy document is dealing with. But to be able to feed you the lie, they've got to tell you the truth and set it up with the truth. So what you want to do when you get that document up, and I encourage you to do this because you might not believe it because I'm just going to quote it to you, okay? I don't want you to think I'm lying to you. Go to the third paragraph, and the first ten words of the third paragraph read, 
The INA, by the way, is the Immigration and Naturalization Act, big piece of legislation. It says, according to the INA, comma, all, A-L-L, all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. Is that not what it says, Paul and Presley? Yep. That's exactly okay. what it says. So what they've done is taken the Jim Crow laws where they were separate but equal, one was subservient to the other, and they made both statuses equal. And they don't ask you if you're the national. They ask you if you're the citizen of the United States. And that's the first level of fraud here is the fact that they're not giving you full disclosure. And they've okay. gone to great lengths to hide this behind another newly created status for the American Samoans called the non-citizen national. So you not only get the the involvement and the, the premeditation of not asking you the other status, but hiding the other one in front of it to hide it. So that's the first level of fraud, and it just continues to go layer after layer under that. Okay, where can people find this find this link to this website? Oh, that one we just went went through. Yeah, that's the that's the State Department website. Okay, travel.state.gov. Yeah, but there's a shortcut to it. Don't you have a matrixstocks.com website? Well, I do, man. Thanks to some guy I met that put a lot of his time and effort into doing that. We've got that and a lot of this other information where if anything here has titillated you and you want to find out more, you're curious, then you go to thematrixdocs.com, and docs is D-O-C-S. So thematrixdocs.com, and there'll be more information there you got a chance to take a shake a stick over for it'll take you a little bit there's a lot of interviews in there there's a lot of supporting information there's some sample documents on this affidavit we're talking about and that kind of stuff and thank you publicly paul this gentleman right here that's running the show is the one that did all this and i appreciate you buddy well i i uh uh, i enjoyed doing it (laughs) and uh okay so You've got uh, some downloads on that page too. How to how to file a national affidavit. Uh, U.S. citizens are property. U.S. national state citizens are not. These are PDF files. Uh, Liberty U web capture with a lot of interesting information on it, valuable information. How to escape the matrix. Uh, that is actually a document that uh, goes uh, over this. Uh, it's a how-to. Well, I mean, didn't you take that document and use it as the basis for your video, Presley? Yeah, I did. And um, I actually, I went through the entire how-to process later on in the video after setting the whole thing up and giving all the um, supporting information you shared. Fantastic. Yeah, I want to talk about your video. We've got about two or three minutes left of the show, but I want to talk about your video. You, uh, You did a video and uh, the link to it will be in the description for this show. Uh, or you can go to thematrixstocks.com and I will make sure that a link to that video is in that document where Thanks. people can actually go and, and watch it. So uh, you go through all of this, don't you? And the video is only like 20 minutes long. It's, it's very it's straightforward. It's a little longer than that, I think. More like 55 Oh, 55. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, excuse me. <laughs> there's, there's an absurd amount of information here. It's a lot 
It's it's simple, but a lot. Trust um, me, you're going to be hitting the pause a couple of times, and you might even be like scrolling backward a little bit just to to catch information twice. But it's all going to make perfect sense to you, and uh, you're going to see how simple and how how ingenious this really is. Oh boy, the our enemy is slick, slick, slick. Yeah, and and it's not necessarily that we have to be slicker. Uh, we just have to know how to stand on our own power, how to make the declaration of uh, what we will or will not accept for our life, and just stick to our guns. And and guns not being the operative word, because nobody's talking about firearms here. But <clears throat> what does this get you out of? Uh, that's my question. Uh, the uh, The driver's license. Is it still required? Not necessarily, unless you're doing something like a commercial activity, then you should probably have one. Okay. Um, insurance? Nope. Um, is it? Yeah, uh, and this came out today what, on our show today. The, we had an alternative to this for insurance. If you got Just a private a car, yeah, you buy a bond, you go through insurance agencies, and you pay $50 a year instead of $150 a month. And you're covered? Yes. Okay. Up to the amount, up to the amount of the bond. That's income what I'm tax. Asking more about. Yeah, it was a good show today. You need to I'll, listen to the replay. Yeah, I'll go please. back and watch that. I didn't get a chance. Income tax. Yeah, totally out of it, except for two obscure sections. One of which would never be applied because it doesn't make sense in the condition we're in. Don't have time to go into that now. And does it open the door once you are a national? Well, once you make your declaration, does it open the door for you to actually physically be able? to get a land patent on your property and instead yep. of actually renting it from the powers that be yeah. you can actually own it lock stock and barrel uh, I, I talked tonight with one of my newer students who wanted a consult on an issue and he's dealing with ron gibson right now and ron gibson told him a dynamiting piece of information that i did not know you can get a loyal title to your home even if you still got a mortgage on it Wow. And once you do that, if they come and try and foreclose on the home, they can't illegally set foot on the property. So even if you still owe on it, if you file your paperwork and you, and you become a, a national. Well, he can do it without that, evidently. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to try and get a hold of Ron and get him back on the program. I've had him on there one time. But this is a guy old in the tooth like me and has been doing this for 30 years, and he's very, very good at it. And uh, this one thing came out of that conversation. There's nobody that he's apprenticing. If if any of you are looking for something to do with your lives, especially if you got a little legal know-how in your background, that that's something that, uh, you know, there's not many people know how to do it. All right. Okay. That's again um, total total ownership of your land as a loyal title. Excellent. Uh, above and below the surface, that includes mineral and water rights. Yes, as well. it, yes, it does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we're um, we're right up we're right up at the end of the show. I want to give a minute or a minute or so to each of you for closing comments. Uh, Presley, uh, what do you want your generation? What do you want people to know? I want people to know how great this country really is in its original state. Um, I recently learned that the, which honestly, I wish I had known sooner, but I recently learned that the constitution was set up not to tell us what to do, but to tell the government what it can't do. And knowing that I see how, how incredible our system is. 
how just and advanced of a country we are. It, what, what I really, I didn't hit on this enough in the video. What's, what's so fascinating to me is that this is returning to the original status. This is what U.S. citizens or state citizens originally were. When we think of citizen, this is what we think of. This is the word they use when they mean citizen that is not at all what we think. I, I want young people to know that they do have the power to make a difference. It's not hopeless. Our government isn't either hopelessly corrupt. It's not the Republicans are bad. The Democrats are bad. It's that we've been disempowered and we have to re-empower ourselves, re-empower the individual. Excellent. Excellent. Roger? Uh, take us out. They actually hijacked the government and took it off on another direction there. And what we've got to do, and we can do this easily and collectively, uh, the more we get, is move back over into that original status before this hypothecated fraudulent bankruptcy. And if you do this, they totally lose control over you. Now, people ask me, well, what happens when they don't recognize that anymore? And it may get to that point. I don't think it will because I think they've already lost. Okay. They'll never get control like they had in Bolshevik Russia when this is when they really take the mask off. Okay. But should it not work any longer and they not recognize it? Don't we all know what the rules are at that point? Okay. Ask yourself that question. I don't think it's going to get to that point. I, they respect this. And the more people see, as my teacher, John Benson, used to tell us from that stage when he'd give these long weekend seminars where I learned a lot of this stuff. And he'd say, the only way I can protect my liberty is to help you protect yours. And that's what's going on here. Okay. Excellent. And in, in numbers with this on our side, we have strength and we're a group of strong individuals and not a herd of weak, manipulatable serfs and slaves. Excellent. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Roger. Thank you, Presley. It's been a great show. Uh, Roger, thematrixdocs.com. They can get more information about this and also yes, to your regular shows. Yes, we have a weekday show, five days a week. I'm on Republic Broadcasting now. I, I took the late Walf Renner out slot on Sunday nights from 5 to 7 Central and uh, on places just like this occasionally, Sarah Westall, and our message is getting a lot more traction, and uh, there's a lot of people looking for what we got. Excellent. Got to love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate your being here. It's been a wealth of uh, been a wealth of information and eye opener for me, and, and my eyes were kind of open a little bit beforehand, even more so now. Thank you for joining us for Logical Thinking and the Think Tank. We'll catch you next time. 